Speaking of getting booked, this podcast is about one thing, getting booked to speak more. Whether you are an established speaker or a newbie, we want to see your career take off. Hundreds of speakers are hired every single day, and you are next. Let's jump in with your host, Matt Browning. Hey, what's going on, speakers, entrepreneurs, my friends, my colleagues. So glad to be back with you this week. Um, this week, you know, there's a lot going on. It's a busy, busy week. It's a busy season coming up. And I know that you want to get out on stage more. So let's just cut straight to the chase. And let's, let's jump in to a very interesting interview with someone who is um, an international speaker, speaks all over the place, basically lives in hotels and travels. If you are wanting that lifestyle of just a traveling entrepreneur who has freedom from a day job and speaks as often as you want, not too much, but as often as you want and make the world your stage, this is the person to listen to. Let's jump in with Mike Wolf. He's a self-made freedom lifestyle entrepreneur and he truly embodies that. I've known Mike for, for quite a few years now. Gosh, I don't even know when we met, at least five, six years, maybe longer. Maybe he can jog my memory. He's a multimillionaire investor and international speaker. So he's been investing in real estate for almost 30 years and he helps people to get their dreams of that same lifestyle of freedom by teaching strategies to get different kinds of passive income and not the gimmicky passive income, the real passive income, like having a rental property that, that makes you money, like having other types of automation in your life and business. Mike's been featured in the Globe and Mail, various print publications, radio stations, of course, you know, in other places like NBC, CBS, and ABC News, Yahoo Finance. He's sold nearly 2,000 homes and over 800 of them are in the Atlanta area. So he knows and loves that area very much for investment. Uh, he created something really cool uh, with Turnkey Solutions that uh, are allowing new investors the opportunity to become self-made millionaires, but without having to know the market as well in an area, he actually knows it for you. It's phenomenal. He's also a leading authority on helping non-U.S. citizens because he's from Canada. Canada? Just kidding. It's from Canada, but he's a Canadian uh, helping non-U.S. citizens invest in the hottest markets in the United States. That's where he spends most of his time. Mike, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Dude, so glad uh, that you made the time to be here. I know you're a busy dude. You're in New Orleans right now on Bourbon yeah, Street, hey, making hey, time I, for a podcast. I'm on New Orleans, and actually, I'm glad that it's uh, quiet because uh, quite often, I, I thought and it sounds like a great idea to have a balcony overlooking Bourbon Street, but not when you're doing podcasts. So luckily, it's quiet right now. Yeah, so let, let's see if we can get this podcast through before the party start. So Mike, uh, first off, what did you start doing first? Did you start doing real estate first or did you start speaking first? Because I know you've been doing both oh, no. for a long time. Yeah, no, I got into real estate long before I got into speaking. Matter of fact, I was terrified to uh, speak uh, early on in my, in my real estate career. Uh, but my, actually, my real estate actually led to me getting speaking gigs. I wasn't even looking for, for uh, a speaking gig originally. And uh, when I started investing in the U.S. Uh, as a Canadian, um, a really, I won't mention their name, but a really big prestigious uh, real estate investment training company calls me out of the blue and says, hey, we're looking for a Canadian who's been investing in the U.S. and your name keeps coming up. Could you come speak for us? And I had never been on a stage before. And so I went from never speaking on a stage to speaking like in front of 500 uh, people. So yeah, I was very terrified. But uh, what, what year was that? How long ago? This this would have been probably uh, probably about 17, 18 years ago now. Wow, 17, 18 years. So I'm just trying to do the math in my head. Oh, I, I you weren't even born yet. You weren't born yet. So hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> if, if only now I'm starting to, kids that age that were born. <laughs> 
they can be my kids now. It's kind of weird. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, for quite a while, you, so you got into that not intending to speak. Um, so I want to talk about your speaking career. I want to talk about your travel lifestyle. Uh, I think if you're listening to this, you want to know Mike, because one of the biggest things that you do is you're all about freeing up and figuring out a system over here so that you can do what you want to do over there. It's like, correct. Uh, yeah, and, and this is in part in my skepticism, but you know, I've known you for a long time, you know me, so I'm right. going to cut to the chase. I'm a super big skeptic about anything like that. That's like, Oh, free yourself up and automate, you know, Tim Ferriss four hour work week and the guy works 80 hours or how right. works. Um, what, what was the first thing? Was it all real estate? Are there other aspects of that? Well, there's, what's, your, yeah. what's your take on freeing yourself up, quote unquote, so that you can do what you want? Well, first of all, you know, I, I agree. A lot of people are skeptical and they should be because there is a lot of crap out there. But, uh, you know, I, I remember posting something about passive income once on my, on my Facebook page and somebody said, passive income, does that even really exist? And so to give you an idea, there's people that are dead making more money than both of us put together by far. Like think of Michael Jackson or Elvis Presley, uh, who went in the studio one time. Well, I mean, they went in more than one time, but they went in, recorded, recorded an album and it's still making the money while they're not even uh, here. So uh, passive, in there's numerous ways to create passive income. For me, uh, real estate's been my favorite one. Uh, you buy a property. Well, first let's define passive income. It's really doing let's something. It. Yeah. It's doing something one time and getting paid for it over and over and over. And so when you own rental properties, for example, and you, if you have somebody else that's collecting the rent for you, then, uh, you know, after you've bought it, this is a gift that keeps on giving. It, it gives you a paycheck, you know, at the end of every uh, single month. And so uh, now obviously not everybody can just go out and buy a whole ton of rental properties. Uh, you know, you have to basically create a little bit of wealth uh, first typically, but uh, I basically specialize in uh, creating passive income and if you would have known me like 15 years ago, I used to be a workaholic and I've now become a playaholic. And so I've, I've had to do certain things in my businesses, like, you know, build teams and put systems in place so the teams know what they're doing. Uh, but it's, it's absolutely uh, possible to create a lifestyle where you get to do pretty much what you want every single day if you have the right, you know, fundamentals in place. And so, uh, you know, these things don't happen overnight, but certainly if I could build it, uh, anybody else could build it too. Well, I, I like how you said that because, you know, guys, if, you, if you're new, new to this show and you don't know me that well, you don't know Mike that well, um, you just met him. But I can tell you he's one of the most genuine guys you will ever meet, um, not just because he's Canadian and extra nice, but he's just a super <laughs> genuine guy. And Mike, I want to say, too, for do you know how long we've known each other? I'm not, I don't remember what, what oh, year. Boy. I, I think it's probably been about five, six, seven ish years would be my best guess. But I I, so, somewhere in that range. But I'll say this about right. you is you're like 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 the Paul Rudd of entrepreneurs and speakers where <laughs> we're hearing an interview once someone said everyone hates someone in Hollywood, but nobody doesn't like Paul Rudd. Right. Yeah, He's true. just the most genuine, nice guy. And I've never once, not once ever heard from and I have students of mine that are your clients. I've never heard one person say an ill word about you. And I can't say that for virtually any other speaker. No, um, thank you. you have a reputation that, uh, that precedes you. And so that's why if someone's going to talk about passive income, I want it to be you. Uh, so you, you, we look at real estate, you look at other pieces in the business. I want to come back to that, but let's jump into some of your speaking and we'll circle back around. Um, you, how, how did your first gig come about? How did they actually, how did they find you? Do you have any idea 
where you well, you didn't go after them, but they came after you. Well, here, here's a funny thing. Yeah, here's a funny thing is that th- this all happened. Um, no, actually, let me think about it. That, that was actually uh, around. See, I, I'm really bad with dates. That would have happened right around the beginning of the recession. And so, so what was happening is I. Which recession? Uh, the, that big, that big one where everybody lost all their money around 2007 ish. So I haven't been yeah, speaking as long as I thought. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I, I remember, um, when I first started as a Canadian investing on this side of the border in the U S all my friends thought it was nuts. And, uh, it all started because I, I had a friend uh, move from Canada to Las Vegas and I go visit him and I don't have, uh, an addiction to what most people have when they go to, I don't, I don't gamble. I'm not, you know, a huge drinker. Uh, but I am addicted, especially in those days, to going and looking at at open houses. If I go to any city, I've got to go look at real estate. It's just, <laughs> That's so, right. So, so this is prior to the recession. I remember going there, and and every time I go to Vegas, the prices kept going up and up and up. And that's because all all the uh, people in Southern California were moving to Vegas to lower their cost of living. And so I, I decided, hey, this is like too easy. So I started buying homes in Vegas, and. You know, all my friends thought it was nuts because homes in Vegas were more expensive than Calgary, where I'm from. The Canadian dollar was like super weak. So then you add on top of it, you know, another 35% for the exchange. All my friends thought I had totally lost my mind. And then when I managed to make a lot of money there, uh, all of a sudden my friends uh, started to come to me and ask, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you, especially when the recession kicked in, now the Canadian dollar shot up, the prices in Vegas, you know, tumbled and everybody, you know, all my friends started asking, well, how do we buy, how do we buy, you know, U.S. properties? And so I was getting quite well known, uh, especially in real estate circles in Canada as being the Canadian guy who knew how, how to invest in the U.S. And so when this company called me, they, they had talked to a few other people and, you know, back, back then, you know, uh, later on after the recession, it became really popular for Canadians to invest in the U.S. But prior to the recession, there, I didn't know anybody else who was doing it. And so I was kind of the go-to guy uh, in at least in certain parts of Canada for uh, if you wanted to invest in the U.S. and you didn't know how. And so when this call came in, they said, well, we spoke to a bunch of people and everybody's mentioning you. And so I was actually terrified to uh, speak. I had no aspiration to, to do it. The only reason I did it is, is actually, you know, one of my, uh, you know, one of my heroes ran this company. He's one of the people I looked up to in the real estate world. And it's pretty hard to say no to that. And so uh, to make a long story short, I kind of forced myself to say yes. And that was the beginning of my speaking career, but uh, that, was, pull, that, that was that was So yeah, let me pull out one of those principles you mentioned, though. So w- when we hear that story of getting that first gig, and we could take that and say that's your hundredth gig or your thousandth gig. If you're listening and and you want to get booked more and have someone come after you, what I'm hearing from Mike is there isn't actually a shortcut necessarily. It's like you know, yeah, there's cold calling, yeah, there's kind of hustling and all that stuff. But there isn't that shortcut where if you just become the name out there and it takes time and it takes some elbow grease and it takes you really being a go-to expert for something and something specific. He wasn't just a real estate person because how many real estate people are, are there in the world? But he got really well known because he was helping Canadians invest in the US. So it was a chunk down or a detail of real estate. And you know, for me, it was like it was, I wasn't just speaking in personal development. I was speaking with NLP applied to personal development or NLP applied to speaking. And what would happen is because I, I help people, because I put on my own trainings, because I showed up in, in groups and chats and, and social media, and because I kept, you know, I, I help people and they came through my trainings. Eventually what happens is like, I'd see the same thing Mike did, but now, you know, 10 years later in the social world, someone posts says, Hey, I'm looking for a speaker coach or I'm looking for an NLP trainer. 
And all of a sudden, my name might get mentioned one, two, or three times in the same thread. And I'm sure this is kind of the version of, you know, well, that guy's calling places and emailing, talking to people. People keep coming back with Mike Wolf. One of the ways to get booked is just get known in your niche of a niche, in your specific niche. Like, did you take off immediately after that and say, you know what? This was scary as all heck, but it was really fun. I want to do a bunch more of this. Did you see the money on the wall? Like, ooh, I could speak in addition to everything else? Or did you think you wouldn't do it again at all? And then it kind of kept knocking on your door. What was the story continuing? Well, with this, it wasn't a one-time gig. They basically, they basically wanted me to tour like across Canada and you know, be a guest speaker at a whole bunch of events. So, wow. uh, so I, I had no choice uh, but to, to literally, you know, I, pro- I probably spoke for them like you know, several dozen times. And so I actually, each time I spoke, I got a little bit more confident and, you know, it got to the, uh, got to the point where I actually started to enjoy it. I realized at first I felt like I was like the first time I did it, I felt like I was like sweating profusely and stuttering and I, I felt like I totally bombed. But then after I had done it, people are coming up to me and going, wow, and that was so amazing. And I learned so much. And so I, I realized that even though in my mind I was like terrified, nobody else knew I was terrified. And so, uh, but each time I just got a little bit more confident with it. And now uh, I actually love speaking. I love, I love uh, to teach people from the stage and, and be able to, uh, you know, ins- try to inspire as many people as possible. But it took me getting out of my own way and, and getting out of my, way out of my comfort zone uh, to get to that point. So once, so you went on kind of tour, you know, what's funny is you and I had something real similar in common. So you, as you're touring around in Australia or in uh, Canada, I'm touring around in Australia. My first big speaking gig after I tried and tried on my own was with this company in Australia. And my first one was 400 people. And they put on these four day events kind of almost every month or every other month, all the different cities. And I basically came on as this mindset NLP speaker. And I spoke at every one of their events and I didn't know what I was doing. How, how did you, I don't know, like calm the nerves? Did you, did you take more training? Did you just keep on practicing and being willing to suck? Did you have a certain mindset or what was your approach to getting better once you knew that you were going to do this more? Well, the, the interesting thing was that like in my mind, even to this day, I don't really feel like one of those really polished professional speakers. I just speak from the heart. And for me, that worked really well because, uh, you know, one of the things I'll say about Canadians and I think Australians too, definitely New Zealanders, because I've spoken to New Zealand, is we tend to be more reserved and we don't, you know, if we see somebody that's overly, uh, like over polished, overdone, we don't tend to trust them. And so it actually worked out pretty good for me that I just, I just spoke from the heart and, and you know, I was talking about a topic that I was very familiar with. So that was a good part. I wasn't talking about something that I had to research or that was foreign to me. And so I was always confident in that part. And, and my, I think my biggest fear was one, obviously, I mean, everybody's got that fear that they don't want to speak in front of a crowd. But I think my biggest fear at first was that somebody would ask me a question that I couldn't answer. And then I realized after doing this over and over and over, every question they asked me, I knew the answer to. And, and I, but I also learned that, hey, even if I didn't, it, there'd be no harm in saying, hey, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. I'll get back to you. Or refer them to somebody else who, who may, may be an expert in that particular uh, you know, area that they ask a question on. And so... Uh, but to me, you know, I, I did, I have taken uh, some speaker trainings more, more along the lines of, you know, how, uh, not so much the actual, uh, how do you present better, but more, uh, you know, how do you get booked on more stages or how do you monetize it better More more the marketing uh, side of uh, things. Uh, but I, I think I, I developed kind of, you know, if you want to call it skills, I, I think more organically just from doing it over and over and seeing what resonated and what connected and also watching a lot of other speakers and watching them and seeing what, what 
kind of connects with me when I see them speak and what doesn't connect. Do you, do you want to like speak more? I know it's something it's become something that you started really loving. Um, when you travel, do you mostly travel to speak or do you mostly travel for real estate combining both of them? What, what is like a year and your calendar look like usually what well, drives be, you into new places? Yeah. Well, to be honest, I, I, uh, don't do as much speaking as I used to because I've got uh, two grandsons now. And so they're obviously very important in my life. I've been watching and, the pictures on Facebook, man. They're cute as... Are they adorable? Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm very proud grandpa. So. They take after their grandma, I'm sure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, no, when, I, when I travel these days, I, I do a lot of it uh, for fun. Uh, also to do humanitarian projects. And occasionally, you know, I, occasionally, you know, somebody asks me to speak, I'll, I'll speak on their stage if it's a friend of mine or whatnot. But I don't commit to, you know, you know, Canada-wide tours anymore or anything like that. It's just more one-off uh, sort of presentations. And I do, I do my own events a couple of times a year. I actually stopped uh, doing them when my daughter first got pregnant. I actually stopped doing all my, all my uh, events, all my speaking, just to be, you know, there to support her. Uh, but actually, one, one of my students who got a really smoking deal, one of, one of the things I teach is, is uh, a strategy in real estate called tax deeds. And so I had stopped doing that training. And one of my students got this uh, really good deal at the auction. He got a, he got a home for $7,200 and shot a video. And he's got a really big following. He shot a video saying, I want to give a shout out to my mentor, Mike Wolf. And I had dozens of people saying, hey, when's your next event? When's your next event? And so after taking like a two, two and a half year break, I did my first uh, event last year in a while. And uh, when I, when I was up on the stage, I realized how much I miss it and how much I, I really enjoy just teaching and, and, uh, helping other people. So I've started doing it a little bit more as of late, but not, not like I used to, you know, I always want to have time for the grandkids. And so my travel a lot of times is just to recharge the batteries or, uh, humanitarian stuff to give back, uh, and occasionally it's speaking, uh, but most, mostly fun these days. I love that. So you mentioned your event that you put on now that you took a two and a half, almost three year sabbatical for the family. When, when you decide to put on an event and, and we can talk about any of them, the one coming up or your first one or any in between, what are some of the, what are some of the principles you follow? Cause I think the biggest question that we'll have a lot of speakers is I teach that it's really smart to speak, but also to put on your own events. And sometimes it works both where having your own event can get you booked to speak. Right. True. We do, you know, you've seen the stage trading where friends of ours, you know, mutual friends, we always do that. And it's not about brokering stages, but it's, you can go to someone instead of, instead of begging saying, Hey, can you put me on? Can you pay me to speak? Can I have a chance to sell whatever it is? You can go to them and say, Hey, I have a stage, come to my event. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And we can be on each other's stages. So the problem though, is usually filling the room, Sometimes content, sometimes, you know, how are you going to do that? But mostly it's paying for the event, getting the room filled, selling tickets. Can you give us an idea of like, after all the different events you've put on from meetups to high-end, you know, retreats, what, what's the model you go with now? How do you fill your room? So where do most people come from? Uh, and then feel free to break down any other details you're comfortable breaking down as far as whether it's ticket cost or upsells or anything at all. I'd love to have an, a window into how you do successful events as a speaker. Yeah, so my, my events tend to be more small, uh, intimate events, and they're, they're higher tickets. So for example, I've got one uh, coming up here, and it's all about, you know, the, in my opinion, the easiest ways to make money. If I was starting fresh, knowing, you know, I've been doing real estate for almost 30 years. So if I knew 30 years ago what I know now, what would I do to get that first 
you know, deal under my belt really quickly. So I'll be teaching things like the tax deeds and, and foreclosures. And I'm also bringing in some friends. One of them that, that uh, teaches how do you make, uh, he, he's a multi-million dollar seller on Amazon. So he's going to be teaching his strategies and I'm um, bringing a couple of guest speakers. So it's a, it's a high ticket item. It's $8,000. I'm not trying to get a hundred people in the room. I'm only trying to get, you know, maximum of 20. That's right. I cap it off at. And usually I can fill that uh, just by sending out to my, my email list and just, you know, I, I create uh, what we call a campaign where, you know, I just do a bunch of, of uh, value videos where we're not trying to sell anything. So I'll just talk about, Hey, this is what a tax deed is. Here's how, here's kind of the beginning things of what you do to do one of these. And here's how a foreclosure works. And here's why you can get properties for pennies on the dollar. And I'll be interviewing my friend about Amazon and, and doing a little podcast with him. And so just, uh, you know, Giving, giving some tidbits of information, getting people excited about the topics, uh, showing that obviously we know what we're doing and, the, and that, uh, and then, then we'll send out a, you know, we'll start sending out emails, inviting people to, to attend. And I don't, because I don't do the events that often, uh, usually they sell out very, very quickly. And so, um, so that's how I do it. But if, if I were going back in time and I had, you know, these days, like I said, I'm, I'm, pretty comfortable. If I was hungry again, I would, I would probably do a whole bunch of meetups. Uh, I go on meetup.com, set up my own meetups, try and get on other people's at other people's meetup groups. How would you, how would you uh, try to get on other people's meetup groups? Well, what, what I find is that there's a lot of people out there that have meetup groups and they, they're, they'd be happy to have a guest speaker because it's usually only them that's speaking each and every time. You know, people like you and I, we're, we're, you know, we put on meetups. I don't know if you do one, but if, if you do, I know you do it to monetize and to sell tickets and your, your events, et cetera, as, as do I. Uh, but there's a lot of people that just do it. You know, for example, there's people that want to talk about real estate with other people that are interested in real estate. But they just have little get-togethers, and it's just kind of the same thing month after month. And so, if you say, "Hey, you know what? I've been on you know this TV station, this TV station. Um, I've got this book, etc." Uh, you're a celebrity to them, and uh, you know quite often they're extremely happy to have you there. And uh, quite often they don't care if you sell or not. And even if you don't, you can give away something for for free uh, to show you know to get people uh, you know seeing seeing some of your stuff and getting getting uh, your stuff in front of them. And then, you know, you can either, you can do an offer outside of the, uh, the meetup group if necessary. So, uh, but it's, it's quite easy and there's so many, uh, at least, I mean, in the real estate world, there's so many, uh, you know, real estate clubs and, and meetup groups and it's super, uh, if I want to do a cross country tour, I, I'm sure I could, you know, speak a hundred days in a row if I really wanted to. So uh, <laughs> I'll so, bet so, you could. So the possibilities are there. And then on top of it, you know, here, here's a little tip for your, uh, for your listeners is don't just set up meetup groups in the city that you live in. Uh, you know, I have, I have meetup groups in, you know, most of the major cities in, in North America. So if I were to go, uh, I don't live in Toronto. If I were to go to Toronto tomorrow, I've got a really big following there waiting for me to go put up, put on a meetup. I have, I have the meetup group, but I don't do live events that often there. So, um, but I have that, you know, major centers. And so if there's certain places where you plan on being, maybe you're on vacation, you're going to go on vacation to, I don't know, let's say you're going to Florida to go to Disney, Disney World, well, set up a meetup group there. And while you're there, put, put on an event and uh, now you can write it off in addition to uh, being able to make some money to pay for, for Disney. So, so it's a legit write-off because you're traveling for work, which I love. Um, what about, and it's funny, so you've done meetups. I mean, how many cities do you think you've put on your own meetups around the world? If you had to guess, oh boy. you know, I have a bunch of meetup groups and I haven't necessarily put on events in a lot of those places, but so, uh, you have, so you have meetup groups through meetup in a city that let's say you haven't actually done 
a meetup yet, but you have that to gain following. And if you do want to do one, is that right? Yeah, one day it just popped in my mind that that seemed like a really good idea. So I had one, you know, I used to have, I had one in Calgary where, where, I, where I lived and I had one in Vegas where I was also where I started my U.S. real estate investing career. Makes sense. And then I, and then I started to put them in like Vancouver and Toronto and Los Angeles and, and different cities. Uh, but it got to a point, like I said, once my daughter, you know, got pregnant, for example, where it's like, I didn't really feel like doing it anymore. I, I felt like uh, working less. And, and, you know, I've had that general trend for quite a while where you know, I've created more passive income. And, and as you kind of get used to passive income and money, you know, you wake up and you have more money in your bank account than when you went to bed without having to trade your time for it, you start to get a little bit lazy. But when I took that hiatus from speaking and then I spoke again for that first time in a while, I realized how much I missed it. And so one of these days I might actually go and, and actually go to some of these cities and just put on a, uh, a small event here and there. So yeah, I know how you feel too with the, the you said hungry and it's like, I, w- I want to make sure you know, people get that. You and I started speaking pretty close to the same time. Um, and, and I have a real estate background as well. I used to have my own broker shop and you know that and yeah. flipping and everything. And I'm just now getting back into real estate. So it's exciting to, to reconnect with you on this. But, you know, I, at one point I was putting on meetups in 18 cities and three countries, New Zealand, Australia, and then the U.S. And put, you know, nine cities in the U.S. all over the place. And what started, you know, in the beginning, it's like, listen, if you're hungry, if you have more time than money, if you are wanting more gigs, like there's no faster way to get a speaking gig than to make your own dang stage. Like put on a meetup. And I don't care if there's three people, 30 people exactly. come up, the more you nurture it, the more you do that, the more valuable it is to people, then the more they're going to come. But, you know, don't, I can't tell you how frustrating it is, Mike, when I hear, you know, a speaker, okay, I got the advice from Matt, I'm going to put on a meetup, awesome. And then they don't watch my video training, they just put on a meetup and, and then, you know, eight people register and two people show up and they're like, oh, meetups suck. I can't, like, what's the point of this? It's too much work you have to be willing to act, like see it through and continuously give value. And when someone joins, you know, send a message saying hello. So there's a lot of work that you can do into that. You can outsource that eventually and whatnot. Um, but like when it comes to building something, you do the work up front. Absolutely. But as Mike said, it's really easy also. It's like it can get tiring. And after a while, I'm not like a snob or anything, but I'm probably not nowadays going to go show up to a room of 12 people or three people like I used to in 2006, I'd show up to, you know, any room. I show up to my grandma's retirement room and just speak <laughs> to her. I don't care, you know, I'm ready to go. Uh, but we do need to start leveraging after a little while. And what I love about Mike is you have done both. You've been slowly retiring yourself, you know, back in the day over time. So you don't have to do this. And then you get to. Speaking exactly. to someone who would like to be in that space, I think there's going to be a lot of people right now, you might relate to this, you're still feeling like you're in the hustle and you love speaking and you want to speak and you want to build your business, but you're still doing it because you need to eat and pay rent or pay your mortgage. And that's the speaking fees and the selling programs, product services are going to pay for stuff like that. Like, where do I start if I want to kind of get out from that maze, so to speak, and I want to start to leverage my time a little bit. And I'm telling you, no matter what level we're at, you know, I, I do pretty well in our business every year. But I'm still in the place where if I, if I shut down, if I stop the cogs, I'm the cog in the wheel, so to speak, you know? Right, right. How, so how does someone like me or anyone at any level, how do we start getting outside of that? And like, what's the first couple steps? Well, if I was starting from scratch right now, 
Um, one, I, I, I might not be like, I started off, obviously I was a full-time real estate investor and I was in the trenches and finding deals and all that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. I loved it when I was younger. I wouldn't want to be doing that now. That, that was quite the, the hustle. If I was uh, fresh out of school right now, I would, uh, take advantage of the fact that we have the internet and, uh, that instead of speaking on, on, I would continue to speak on stages cause there's nothing, you know, I think it's so intimate being in front of a group of people live and, uh, being able to you know, inspire them and see the light bulbs go off in their head as, as you teach. I love that. And, and there's no substitute for that. However, uh, you know, there's obviously a huge uh, market out there with putting, putting your best stuff out on YouTube and, you know, building, building, uh, having, uh, I'm not an expert at, uh, at the tech stuff, but I have teams that help build out my marketing funnels for me so that we can get out the message in a much bigger way you know, to people who, who otherwise would never uh, find us. And so, you know, if we look back in time, that speaking was, was really good. I, I saw, I, you know, I did, uh, I did a lot of business uh, from uh, being on those stages, but as time went on, I learned that, you know, also taking my speaking and putting it on, you know, being on people's podcasts like yours, thank you very much. Uh, but you. also, uh, you know, being on, on YouTube and putting your, putting your content out there, getting that into the world, uh, you know, having, having your, your, you know, an online course, for example, that once again makes you money while you're sleeping. And it's all about doing just, you know, uh, having leverage, doing uh, uh, stuff as little as possible and, and uh, repurposing it, for example. So when I shoot videos, uh, I, I scrape the audio that, you know, one day that will be a podcast. And one day I can get all those uh, videos and, and podcasts transcribed. And that could be a book or blogs. So it's, it's a matter of making the stuff that you do uh, making it go as far as possible so that you're not trading all that time and doing the same things over and over and over again. And so, uh, but the other thing I would do is I would definitely invest in real estate. I, de I just wouldn't necessarily be uh, the person who goes out and, you know, cold calling and, and door knocking and trying to find deals and trying to find buyers and sellers and chase after tenants. Um, but I would definitely invest in real estate. And that's why I have, I have uh, I'm not, not trying to do some shameless self-promotion here, but oh, no, I actually was going to ask you if you could plug something. Cause you actually have a, uh, you have a masterclass about investing in real estate. Yeah. And so yeah, we'll give that to your people for free, of course. And, but, but I actually have a, a turnkey operation in Atlanta, which means that I've already gone. My teams have already gone, bought the properties, fixed them. We put tenants in place and we got our management team that looks after them. We sell those to investors uh, from all over the world and you don't have to be a real, you know, an expert at real estate. You don't have to, uh, you know, you don't have to go look for any, you know, deals. You don't have to build teams. It's all done for you. And so what I would do, I would make as much money as possible doing the stuff that, uh, you know, that you're passionate about, that you're good at, things that you're gifted at, that you're put on this planet to do, but then make your money uh, work as hard for you as possible. So you don't have to work as hard anymore. And, you know, people who, who um, don't invest in real estate, the one thing I know about them is they're paying uh, too much tax. Uh, as well, because you get a lot, you get to uh, depreciate your properties against your income. So if you're making a lot of money speaking or selling online courses, uh, if you invest in real estate, you get to keep a lot more of that. So uh, if you look at somebody like Warren Buffett, he, uh, he openly admits that he pays less tax as a percentage than his assistant does. And I don't know how much his assistant makes, but I know he's a billionaire and I'm sure the assistant isn't. So, <laughs> so uh, whatever so the numbers are, there's one, yeah. one's less. But all the, all the richest people on the planet, they buy real estate to basically, uh, even if they, if they didn't make their money in real estate, they use it to keep more of their money. And so, so that's every, what I would do. I'd, I'd, every, every single one of them. Yeah, monetize what you do and then make your money work hard for you in real estate is the best way, in my opinion, to do that. And, and I'm glad you brought up the, the turnkey idea because one, one of the reasons that 
people would want to stay away from it is, well, I, I don't know the market. Like it's one person almost feeling like it's a crapshoot where they're going, well, I hope this house works out. I hope right. it appreciates. <laughs> I, I hope I can find a tenant. What if I can't get it rented for the right amount? Um, I need to fix it and, and flip it, or I need to rehab something. Where do I start? I don't have con all that kind of stuff. And again, there's a lot of real estate people, you guys listen, like there's a lot of real estate people and, and um, stock people and trading people that reach out virtually every day um, to be interviewed and come on one of my podcasts. Because, uh, you know, the shows have a lot of traction because of you, you know, because you're listening to this and you're subscribed and everything. And you've rated it and reviewed it, which I appreciate. But because of that, people want to be on. Mike, you're the only real estate guy I've had on so far. And the reason is I know multiple people, students and friends who say, oh, yeah, I invested with Mike Wolf. And the neat thing is to have done over 800 properties in Atlanta. And I know there's some other areas you do and whatnot. But really, to have a hub-centered, what that means is you know that town and that, that micro market better than anybody. And to be able to say, hey, here's a little bit of money or credit or both or however you got to work out. I know you got different options, but here's something that I want. I want this money to work for me and to have the house done. It's already fixed. You know, are you going to get like the, the underneath deal? How, how does pricing work with that? You know, my, my only hesitation on the surface, and I know this probably isn't founded, but on the surface, one of my hesitations to doing a deal like that would be, yeah, well, that means you found a sweet deal like under market and then fixed it up and you're going to profit and then I'm going to buy it at retail. And that's probably not necessarily true, but that's what will go through my head, if that makes sense. So I might think, well, I want to go on my own rather than go through a company that already has it dialed in for me because it might be more, quote, profitable. What's the truth in that? And does, does that question make sense? It makes, it makes total sense. And so when you're buying revenue properties, it's all about a return on investment. And so the, the, the more important question isn't how much am I making? The more important question is what is it going to do for you? So for example, if I inherited a property and got it for free, that, that would be no different than if I, if I overpaid for a property. So if you're, if you're looking for somebody who's losing money on a deal just to make you happy, that's not the right way to do it. The, 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 the proper way to look at it is that we're buying uh, properties in bulk. So we buy from the banks, typically you know, 20, 30, 40 homes at a time. And ah, so we're paying, we're paying so much. Something I can't do. First yeah, we're, we're doing something that most people don't have the ability to do. And then on top of it, you know, when we buy homes, we don't go to the carpet store and buy you know, carpet for one home. We own thousands of yards of carpet, thousands of gallons of paint, hundreds of appliances. Wow. So our, our cost on everything is way, way, way lower than what you would pay. So by the time you, you've bought the property, it's our, like I said, it's already been fixed. Everything, everything uh, comes with a one-year warranty. We've got uh, tenants already in there. And, and so- well, it's the same thing with tenants. You have tenants in bulk because with so many properties, you know- Exactly. Well, you're looking for tenants and you're having tenants apply constantly and you just plug and play into whatever property is available versus me trying to do a Craigslist ad or something, right? Right. And, so, and, and one of the other challenges you would have if you try to do this on your own is if you, if you try to invest in your own backyard, like if, if you're living in places like California, or, <laughs> or it's, it's ridiculous. The numbers don't work in, in most markets. So you have no, to- No, they don't. They have to find a market that makes sense. And Atlanta is an amazing market. If people watch that masterclass, uh, they'll, they'll find out why. But, um, but one of the challenges you face is when you're investing outside of where you live, you know, trying to build a good team where you live is challenging enough. But expecting people to actually show up when you're not there and uh, looking over them and babysitting them, getting your contractors to show up, good luck. So even if you found a house at a better, if you're lucky enough to find a house at a better price, 
uh, your contractors are going to rip you off. Your property managers are going to rip you off. Your tenants are going to take the, the advantage of the fact that you're an absentee landlord. So, uh, you know, in the long run, it ends up costing you a lot more uh, stress, a lot more time, a lot more money. And uh, with this, it's all done for you. And like I said, we get good enough deals that we can still afford to sell to you at a, at a, at a good price. So, so, so we still get a good price. And again, like the, the thing I think about too is I got to remember that when I, like I'm looking at, I told you, you know, we're buying our, our next house right now in the Grand Rapids area. And I look at that as, hey, if we don't live here much longer, you know, if we moved in a year or two or whatever it is, it's a perfect rental property, but I'm looking at it as does it cash flow and, and it's right. like a stock with a dividend. You know, people are freaking out just recently as we record this. The stock market took a big dive with Trump's China initiatives uh, or the the tariffs and everything. And people, are, oh my gosh, my stock's worth less. Well, it's not unless you sell it. Right. If stock goes up, stock goes down. My question is, what's the dividend they give you? What's the percentage of profit? And rental property should be the exact same thing. I'm sure you'd agree with that. Exactly. And, and that's really what it comes down to. And, and that's a great thing about real estate is one, uh, you know, every, every month it gives you a paycheck. If you do things right, you've got a tenant in there that's, that's paying. I like so, that. So it gives you that monthly cash flow every single month. Uh, then you've got appreciation as the property goes up and that's how you, that's how you truly get wealthy in this, in this business. Uh, but you know, between that and that cash flow comes in every month, the cash flow gives you your lifestyle and then you get the, the, the tax benefits of owning real estate, those are designed, you know, very specifically to help rich people get richer and also retain their wealth. And you can tell the the laws around that were, were designed by rich people. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. And so, you know, one of the things I encourage listeners to do is you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Look at what the smartest, what, what the richest people on the planet are doing and, you know, emulate it because they can afford to hire the best accountants, the best lawyers, and, and they know the, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, how to take advantage of things legally, by the way, not, we're not talking any gray area here, but how to take advantage of the things that are out there in the tax code that actually are beneficial. Uh, for, and, and real estate has uh, no better benefits than anything else that I know of that you can invest in. And if I found something that was better, I would switch immediately. But that, that's, uh, there's no other investment that gives you that cash flow every month where you get that appreciation. You don't have to sell the investment to get that money, that paycheck every month. And at the end of the year, you get to keep so much more of what you make. So it's and, just it's such a big bonus. Well, I, I love this. And I, and I think we, we did pretty well, Mike, in, in covering kind of both a, uh, avenues, some of the speaking, you know, how you're getting booked more, putting on your own events. And then to me, probably most importantly, is just I love what you've created for you is this, this investment business that frees you up that, I mean, you speak as much or as little as you want. You put on events. You decide to stop putting on events because your grandkids are born. Now they're out there and you, you know, let me put this back on again, but let me do it on my terms. Let me do an, an $8,000 ticket. Let me do a smaller intimate event, you know, where I can pour into the, like you can do this the way you want it because your, your, your expenses are not tied to your speaking success. So I, guys, I, I think that's so important. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank and you for having me, buddy. Back on. Uh, yeah. As you can follow, well, Mike, thanks so much. I'm going to plug you right now. Is that okay? Oh, please do. There yeah. we go. Thanks, Mike. All right, guys, you can follow Mike on Facebook and LinkedIn. LinkedIn is MikeWolf9 and Facebook is Mike.Wolf.986. There's probably a few wolves out there. Mike.Wolf.986. Just look for Mike Wolf, the real estate investor, real estate guru, Mike Wolf Mastery on Facebook and LinkedIn. And then you can get his masterclass he was talking about at mikewolfmastery.co slash masterclass. That's mikewolfmastery.co slash masterclass. I see there's one coming up today as I record this, and I'm sure there's going to be more in the future. So I'm going to hit yes 
save my seat now because Mike, I, I I think it's time for me to uh, to jump on board and find out what the heck you really do and see if <laughs> I can see if I can do this too. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. You can get this on any platform, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, you name it, it's there. Wherever you get podcasts, you're already hearing it or watching on YouTube. Uh, maybe it's on social media. I don't know. But make sure you subscribe on a podcast and you'll get updates every single week where all we do every week is interview people who are speaking or booking speakers and we talk about how you can get more gigs and become a, a bigger successful speaker. Thanks for listening. Get out there and get on stage. Talk to you soon.